How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Dead Jester Productions podcast, episode number 163. I'm your host, Josh, or Jay Moskers. Joined this week by special guest, Nick, from the Kickback Podcast. Thank you for being here. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Happy to have you here. Excited to talk. Uh, why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself, your show, uh, what you got going on? Yeah, I do, a, I do a podcast on Twitch only on Thursdays uh, called The Kickback. And uh, basically, we're just kind of a laid back. Oh, yeah, I forgot the names about, you know, kicking back. We're just going to give the energy of like, trying to give the energy of like, you know, if you're having like a smoke session with your friends or just hanging out and just hearing people talk. That's kind of what we try and give off. And then uh, I do music as well on Spotify and everywhere. Uh, mm. Yeah, that's pretty much all I do. I'm a dad. So nice as well. But besides that, that's pretty much all I do. Awesome, man. Well, I'm happy to have you on the show. I'm excited to chat a bit. For sure, yeah. man. When you uh, when we were talking before, you'd mentioned like music and stuff like that. Do you do you make music at all? Do you produce anything like that? Yeah, and, uh... so I started making beats in uh, 2016, 2017. Really, all my friends were like trying to be rappers or some shit, and I was just mm-hmm. like, well, okay, I'm probably not. I don't like my voice, so I'm gonna try making beats. And then after a while, I, my friends stopped rapping or went to jail or some shit. You know, everyone has their own little reason. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, somebody got to rap on these beats. So I, I started rapping in like 2019, 2018 or so. And I started doing shows shortly after. And COVID happened. So short shows don't happen as much. But yeah. I mean, we're back on it this year. Last year we did a few at the end. But yeah, just mainly been rapping more than I've been doing beats for other people. But I make them for myself. Like I, I don't like to rap on other people's beats. It's weird to me. <laughs> what do you what do you use to, to make music? Like what, what kind of software do you use? I, I use FL Studio 12 Producers Edition. All of my friends are on Logic. I got to get on Logic. That's the next move. But uh, FL Studio 12 is what I'm using. It's kind of a really old version, but it's it's worked for me so far. And I, when it comes to DAWs and stuff, you kind of just get addicted to one, and then it's yeah. hard to get off of it. Yeah, you become familiar with like all the inner workings of it, and uh, it's like it, an Xbox, you know you know like you know. the easy way to do it. Yeah, it's like switching from Xbox to PlayStation. Why would mm-hmm. I do that when I'm so used to playing Xbox with all my friends? I've got to go over here and relearn a whole new console and how it works. Like, <laughs> nah, it's too much. I used, to, I used to be like that, too. All of my friends had uh, Xbox, and then my Xbox got stolen. Someone broke into our house and stole all their stuff, like all my like the games and everything expensive we had down there. We had like yeah. a gaming, little gaming room that I had set up, and uh, someone Damn. stole all of it. And uh, I saved up and bought a, a PlayStation instead. Just to Did see what it was. Uh, this this was like fifteen years ago. It see, happened. I I need to get a new console. Yeah. I have I have all the new ones. To be fair, now Which I have the like series. More? I have the Series X and the PS Five. We have a Switch out there as well. Switches uh, are I nice. Pl- I gotta get it for Pokemon. Yeah, I I play the Series X more. That's where my friends are at. Yeah. Um. So I I guess I like it more. I have a lot more. I mean, I have more of a back catalog on Xbox than I do PlayStation. Um, do, do you uh, do you like do you play with your friends online, or are you more of like a solo gamer? I do play online with my friends, not as much because my schedule is really weird compared to like I'm I'm available during the day more than at night when they're available, so yeah. it gets a bit frustrating at times. I get um, that. Yeah, the social aspect I play it more. Uh, you know the Xbox more for like my friends and stuff like that. I like yeah. the PlayStation, but there's 
you know, everyone always talks about like, oh, this one has the better games. I don't, the games to me are all the same on every console. Like what I'm going to play. (laughs) A lot of them are starting to do cross platform now. Yeah. So it's starting to become less of like a, like what game do you prefer? Unless you're like a solo gamer. Cause like PlayStation Mm -hmm. makes sense, but I'm Xbox all the way. Like I don't think I'll get the PS5 for some years. And by then they'll have the PS6 or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm gonna yeah, get an I mean, Xbox this year. It's my one of my goals for like the next two, three months. Is I want to get an Xbox and then I'm gonna get a car, like a yeah. new car. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think the fact that I have the Xbox in the office where I spend the most time working is probably, you know, an That's indicator of which right one there. I prefer. Yeah, no, I hear that, but, man. But yeah, go as far as the car goes, man. They, I don't even know. I I was fortunate. I I bought a car right during that like a uh, high point where like used cars were going for crazy. So yeah. I don't even know what it's like right now on, if I'm being honest, but I, I was able to a, trade my, my car in for quite a bit more than it was probably worth. Got my new car. car did you get? I have a Kona, a Hyundai Kona. It's 2022. I'm not a huge car guy, but yeah, I know I'm, a deal I'm, when I see yeah. a deal. And I bought a, I bought a 2006 Chevy something for like $350. And the only thing I had to fix was the front lights. <laughs> So yeah. I was pretty happy, but I'm, I don't know anything about cars. So whenever I go to buy a car, I got to bring my, my uncle with me or one of my friends to look at the car and say, this is a good car to buy. Yeah. I, I don't know anything about cars. You know, the only reason I got the one I got was because I, I did research it online. Like what was, you know, somewhat reliable. I wanted to make sure it was something I liked, but I don't, to me, for the most part, it was like, I just wanted a new vehicle. So I knew it would last for a while. Cause I had a, a really old Subaru Outback. And it was, it was a little over 200,000 miles. It was super beat up. I was having to replace all the parts all the time. Yeah. It was a mess. You have so any, I was like, uh, I need something new. <laughs> I got a, so I used to, I used to play this game called Smite. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I used to play it professionally. And, uh, Smite, that sounds so familiar. It's a, it's a MOBA. It's like a League of Legends, but top down, third person kind of thing. I'm almost positive I played this. Uh, well, I used to play it. This was like. Yeah, I've played this. Yeah. 2016, 2017. I used to play this game like. On like, I was in like the minor leagues. Like if we're talking mm-hmm. baseball terms, it's the minor leagues, right? But I went to I went to high school with the dude who ended up winning the very second championship on console. Long story short, my car on the way there, before we left my house to go to Atlanta from Tennessee, we because I live close to Nashville, so okay. my car starts overheating. I know nothing about cars. But I think I could just add water and still make it to Atlanta. So I break down like eight times on the way to Atlanta. And then at some point we had to leave my car and get a ride back to Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> so I have the worst luck when it comes to cars. I, I, I couldn't be getting worse cars. But then again, they're like 300. The most I've ever spent on cars, 1,000. So I'm getting what I pay for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. Where I live, I mean, my, my car was just beat up, like I said, just from being old and used like crazy. And then I, I don't know. How many times, like it, it just, I'd be driving into work or something, and it would just shut off in the middle of the road. <laughs> I'd pull over. I get to jump start. I'm like, this is horrible. I need something new. Yeah, definitely. I mean, tax time is coming up. I mean, if people haven't got their taxes already, that's the best time to get a new car. Obviously, yeah. people start selling it for more because everyone's getting money. But a uh, tax time is a great time to get you like a used car to at least work for the year. Uh, yeah, that's always been my my mindset on it, but. I'm not the guy to come to for car advice. So anybody listening, don't take yeah. it. What's well, like? I don't, my car wasn't overly expensive. It was relatively cheap for what it is. And like I, I'm telling like Klaus about it when he comes on the show. 
and uh he treats it like it's this amazing car he's like oh, he's got a great car that car is awesome i'm just like to me this is like a generic sort of sporty little vehicle like it's just it's nothing special for sure no i get that but, yeah, I, I, don't, I guess it's a perspective thing yeah but. i don't want to talk about the car I don't, I don't know too much about cars but i'm kind of interested in this have you i want i really want a mclaren it's like my dream car right mm-hmm. uh but have you ever seen like those uh those really old mustangs like like the, i think it's like the 80s or the 90s early mustangs uh they have like this, I wish I knew what it was called, but there's that's the kind of car I want. I think if I can find a really old beat up Mustang that still runs, that's what I want. <laughs> yeah, I, I again I don't know. We're, it's it's two people who don't know anything about cars trying to talk about the detailed specifics of a type <laughs> of car. Like, yeah, no, I, I, I find myself trying to talk about things I don't know about way too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I to me like I. I I know enough to know that like expensive sport cars are more of a hassle than they're worth because they just 100%. don't work very well. What was the, yeah. uh, what is the, I think is like called a Lotus. It's like a yeah. knockoff sports car. That's one of my yeah. favorite cars. And that's not the reason why I know about it, but I've heard about the Lotus for way too long now. I'm looking it up too, just to make sure I'm not. Stupid. Yeah. Like a Lotus Elise, E-L-I-S-E. Yeah. I think it looks great. looks cool. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, especially the 2023 one looks pretty badass. But yeah, it, I was like, that looks awesome. I don't think it's like, ex- like I don't think it's expensive as compared to like, you know, supercars. Um, What's expensive for you? <laughs> no, I, I just mean like if if you compare a Lotus to like a Lamborghini or something, is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, nice. like it's still expensive. Like a Lotus is a, roughly a hundred thousand dollars, which is very expensive. God, yeah. But well, when I, I mean, when I compare that to like a Lamborghini, you know, Aventador or something. I mean, uh, this might be more tameable than you think. I mean, there's ones that are like obviously used, but like twenty four thousand miles, only forty five thousand. Yeah. I mean, they're not the newer ones, but they look nice regardless. Yeah, so that's a hundred thousand, and the vented door is about five hundred to six hundred thousand. So that's what I meant when I said it's it's relatively cheap by comparison. Yeah. No, I mean you're not wrong. Compared. Still, uh, way out of my still, price range. Yeah. Not still, not only that, it's not a good yeah. investment. <laughs> No, I can't do cars, man. I just, I'm not, I it's can not drive well. I can drive well, but I don't drive fast. I drive like a grandmother because I'm so <laughs> afraid to get in a car wreck or to get pulled over. So I just drive as slow as I can. And then I, I just get from point A to point B. I hate driving. But that's, <laughs> if I ever get like rich, I'm going to like hire someone to be my full time driver. Just get a town car and have someone drive you around in it. Yeah, well, Snoop Dogg has the blunt roller, right? So I'm going to get a car driver. Probably, I think so, yeah. <laughs> How did you get into it? Was just jumping way back to before car talking. Yeah, how did you get into, like, what what made you decide to start making beats and and working with music? Well, uh, like I said, it's a lot of my friends making or like wanting to do rap and stuff, and just hearing the beats they were choosing off of YouTube of all places. I was mm-hmm. I was just kind of in that space of, all right, well, these beats are not fun to listen to. Uh, <laughs> however. I don't mind I don't mind trying to learn how to make a beat and it mm-hmm. took me like two months to make a good enough beat where like my friends were like we'll rap on this and then I started selling beats like six months later it is really not that easy I've seen people try to make and it like six months is a really quick time I don't I'm gonna be honest I have no musical back 
like before I started making beats, I maybe played the flute in the fifth and sixth grade. <laughs> uh, but like, I have no musical history outside of 2016, 17. Yeah. Uh, so, so for everything to be like working as it is and people to actually be like, and everything I make is like really still, still shocking to me. It's one of those things of, <laughs> I pitch my voice in every single song up. So, cause I hate my voice so much. Uh, so for people to be like, oh, we like songs. It's like, I can't even listen to myself half of the time. Yeah. But no, nah, yeah, I think it was around, around then when I started like being like, yeah, let's, let's do this. And I kind of fell in love with it. Cause you know, if you're good at something, you tend to like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I had dabbled in it at one point. Like I was curious about how to do it. Um, and, but I, I didn't have the, the skill set to do it. And it just, I don't know. It wasn't something I was so interested in that I, I felt like I really wanted to invest a ton of time into it. But I do like finding like random beats and stuff like that on like YouTube or whatever and just checking them out, like what people come up with. Cause a lot of them are super interesting. Yeah. I, uh, I used to, I used to be really into, so here's the thing with beat culture, right? I'm gonna put you on, right? With okay. beat culture, the people that tend to make these YouTube beats are people who went to school for music theory and mm-hmm. in like at least the rap world, people who do music theory are like very simple minded when it comes to their music, not like simple minded, but like in music theory, there's a way that works, right? And yeah. people who make beats coming out of school for music theory all make beats in the same type, kind of ways, the same patterns, the same count in, right? The four bar count in, and then uh, they have the beat drop. And then it's it's all very easy. It's, it's very obvious. And like, mm-hmm. I think that's what really pissed me off the most about beats early on is just hearing it and not having taken music theory. So I just hear the same kind of beats all the time from the same, <laughs> the same producers. And I was just like, well, I just want to make something different, which I think I kind of done. I think I kind of made my own little sound now, uh, but I, it's kind of hard to be original in the hip hop yeah. world these days. <laughs> yeah, it, it is fascinating. I, I like the kind of culture shining, uh, you know, people collaborating together. Like I, I know I've seen a lot of people, even outside of music, Watch you different like content creators collaborate together. Like look at what I put together. And other people come in like, oh, I've I've done something similar. We can collaborate, and then they make this bigger project out of it. And I always think yeah. that sort of aspect of it is is cool, like the community side of things. Well, I think um, I can I can really speak for the hip hop world. I think everyone stopped just trying to compete. Like mm-hmm. ev- everyone got out of that old mindset of I have the best bars, so I'm I'm the best rapper, and I have to walk into a room and be the best in the room. I think that I think that kind of died out like 2014, 2015, and then really like since 2019, 2020, nobody's really had that energy. And it's that kind of energy that makes people not want to work with each other. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You don't want to go on a song with someone that their whole intention is to be the best. Like it's cool to be the best and be yourself, but it's like not. It's not. You you get what I'm saying? In a way of yeah. like, you just don't want someone that's so arrogant themselves working with. You, you want to be the best, but you don't want to have to put everyone else around you down to do it so exactly yeah. exactly if you if you're gonna bar some i guess the word would be the term would be barring someone out in a song so like you just your 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 raps are so good that nobody else matters you know what i mean mm-hmm. i can i can name like a few examples like sorry with ti and andre or like just simple stuff like that but yeah. it nobody wants to do that anymore nobody cares that like nobody listens to a song of somebody just you hear that one verse on the song and that's all they talk about. It just doesn't happen anymore. We haven't had that since like control with the electronic and Kendrick in like twenty fourteen. It's just yeah. it's just one of those things now where like the, the music world is 
grown up into a place of like we're going to try a lot of different things at once because that's what mm-hmm. sells and to do that you have to work with other people yeah i remember because i i'm not a huge drake fan uh just mm-hmm. not my not my style but like i know he has he's put out a number of like collaborative albums with people i remember he did yeah. i'm a big hater on drake uh, <laughs> i i like almost every artist in some ways but drake and i think i can go on about drake all day but I I hear you though. He does do a lot of collab stuff. It's mainly the producers who I'm really shocked at with collabing, because mm. uh, you see a lot of these producers work with like artists that don't make sense, but they end up making something good. Uh, like I don't know if you know like any of like the West Side Guns or stuff from New York. I've heard uh, the name, but yeah, he has like a rapper called Griselda. But like those artists working with people like The Alchemist is crazy to mm. me, or even like the. A gangster Grills guy, DJ Drama, working with Tyler, yeah. the creator. None of that stuff made sense until it happened. And it's like, <laughs> that's cool. So those are the, what those are your, are the things. I was going to say, what are your thoughts on like someone like DJ Khaled then? Because he blew up. He had a lot of big music. Uh, you know, he's just producing, I think, right, for the most part? Uh, Yeah, if you want to call it producing. I don't okay. like DJ. DJ Khaled is like the guy that like, I, I want, like, let's just make up two artists, right? Let's like, that are dead. Like, I want Prince. And I want Jimi Hendrix on this song. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make a beat. And I'm going to tell these artists to come on the song. And then I'm going to put my name on it and say that they're just featuring. It's kind of what yeah. he is. It's like a glorified beat maker. And that's cool. But I didn't even know if he made the beats, if I was being honest. I thought he was literally just like a DJ. Yeah. What's crazy is I don't know if he makes the beats either. Uh, <laughs> I know he curates his albums, which can't mm-hmm. be that hard because they sound like playlists. But I mean... Some of his stuff he puts together are decent. Some of it's like, why would you put Kanye West and Eminem on a song together? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, DJ Khaled is. Eh, I, I, I'm also like one of those people that's really picky. So, <laughs> I, I, for example, I was listening to one of your, one of your episodes, and you guys mm-hmm. were saying, uh, what was it? Uh, Megan The Stallion was the best female rapper. Had me hot. Hit my feelings. Uh, not just simple stuff like that. Like. I, yeah, I gotta be honest. That definitely wasn't me. It was Klaus. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, no, I hear yeah. you. Uh, I yeah, not my her and he talks about her and uh, what's the other one? Um, shit, the other the one that did the song with her WAP, uh, Cardi, Cardi B. B. Yeah, yeah, he he's a big fan of both of them. I like uh, wet, ass, wet ass pussy. I'm sorry, I don't know if I can cuss on here. Uh, <laughs> you can but, say whatever you want. Yeah. Okay, um, that song is great. <laughs> I don't yeah, care. He, like, yeah. I'm not hating on. It's just not my. My thing, that just wasn't my style of music, I guess. No, for sure. I get it, too, because um, I can't. Some of that kind of music, like, it's hit or miss with me, with the songs yeah. individually. He, I feel like every time he's on, he mentions one of them, at least, especially Megan <laughs> Thee Stallion. And I'm yeah. just like, yeah, yeah, she's it's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he, yeah, he, he's, he's a big fan. I don't know if it's for her music or for her. I know, for sure. Yeah. I'd be doing the same thing. I used to do it with uh, Kendall Jenner. I used to have a thing with Kendall for for Kendall Jenner. So I would like, mm. I would like hit her up on Instagram and try to slide <laughs> DMs or something. I even messaged her mom at one point and was like, "Hey, I need a music manager. I'll even consider a betrothal to one of your daughters." Type of thing, <laughs> uh, which I never got a response. But uh, I used to be that that pretty crazy about it. But now, now I've kind of given it up. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. That's, I mean, like, I'm, I'm like the opposite. Like, like you said, with like DJ Cowd, where I don't, I don't even hate him. I just, I think it's hilarious to make fun of him. He's just, 
I I've seen him. Have you ever seen the video of him being gifted the guitar? And he clearly has no yeah. idea how to play it. Yeah. And he's just sitting there like plucking away at it, and it just sounds terrible. And he's just there like, yeah, this is music. Have you seen the thing he does? His dance. He has I'm not sure. Dance. He has a little dance after whenever he does stuff, and his dance is the funniest thing for me to watch. Uh, and whenever people beat him on records, like if he drops an album, always look for his Instagram videos, his stories, or whatever. Because he will talk trash about anybody who dropped on the same day as him. Uh, and even if their album sells more, he gets mad and he calls it like, uh, what does he call it? Uh, barbershop music or some <laughs> shit like that. Like, it's hilarious. DJ Khaled is, is it the little, Is it the little shuffle he's doing that I, yeah. I pulled up over? Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, 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 I, I want to, I, I feel like I make fun of him whenever I laugh at him. But like, really, if that was one of my friends, I'd be laughing with him too. You know what <laughs> I mean? There's that. You ever see the Hot Ones interview he did? The, <laughs> where it's he gets through, I think it's two wings out of the 10. And he's like, nah, man, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. They're like, oh, you're quitting? I'm not quitting. I'm just done. He's he like, he's he like, well, that's called quitting. He's like, no, I've never taken it all. He's like, well, you, you lost. <laughs> I don't think he understood that uh, you were interviewed until you're done eating. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I just... He's like, oh, I'm just letting you know, I'm not quitting. He's like, I, I might try the next wing, but that's it. And the, the host is like, I'm just letting you know, you got another thing coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, he backs out. He's he's a character, man. I, uh, I, oh, man, something about DJ Khaled really makes me happy. But hearing his music hey. makes me upset, if that makes any sense. <laughs> Old school DJ Khaled was it, bro. That was, that was where it was at. He used to be the hype man. Welcome to my yeah. hood type of stuff. And mm-hmm. now it's like, do we still need a DJ Khaled? Can we get a new one? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he's doing his thing. He's making a boatload of money. He's super famous and he seems to be loving it. Good yeah. for him. I just I just also enjoy watching him uh, not know what he's doing half the time. <laughs> did you hear about the uh, thing he did with uh, he put out a uh, he put out like a giveaway, but the giveaway was like you enter into a contest and if you win you get to stay the night in his closet <laughs> his shoe closet that's not a joke he actually did that on twitter uh oh, i've seen that didn't and, he get, uh, oh so, i was gonna say didn't he get lost on like a jet ski at one point two at night yeah you know it was in the <laughs> middle of the day which is the worst part and he got stuck on a branch <laughs> instead of calling for help he, he videotaped it <laughs> like, yeah i remember something like that <laughs> Yeah, that's DJ California. I, I feel that's like, hilarious. oh man, they just need to do a whole like video documentary on the, <laughs> the the funny parts of DJ Khaled, and I'd watch it every day. I want to see that, but like in a very, I want the whole documentary to be a super serious tone of him doing that sort of hilarious stuff. Yeah. Where it's like what he didn't know was he was stuck on a branch, and it just <laughs> fades to black and white. <laughs> it would be really great if they made it look like DJ Khaled had no idea that he was like all these things were laughable things and he just thought the entire time that it was just being himself yeah. he's like that's what makes it fun right yeah it oh man he's it's, it's a really funny really funny individual to pay attention to but like you're saying like i feel like a lot of his albums that he puts out are just random songs that he slaps together in a playlist essentially i think after like 2013 2012 he just had too big of a name to like Hmm. decline a dj Khaled, you know what i mean if dj Khaled hit me up and was like jump on this record with whoever i'd be like yeah like you're gonna give me enough plays to where i can 
I can benefit from that. And I think any artist would take it. I mean, you even see Kanye doing it, or you even see Lil Baby doing it. All times mm-hmm. artists just jump on his songs just because it's DJ Khaled at the end of the day. He's going to get on a playlist. One of these, he's not making albums for people who listen to albums. He's making albums for people who make playlists. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cool. There's a whole different art to that in the music world. Uh, so I can respect that part of him. I can't respect it if someone's like, DJ Khaled is a great artist. I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. But he <laughs> does know how to he does know how to get people together to make hit songs. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's for sure. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I don't know. It's an interesting dynamic. He's, he's doing well. Can't, you can't call him stupid. That's for sure. Yeah. He's he clearly knows how to do something, right? He's incredibly rich, famous. It interests me to know what he does like on like a side hustle, right? Cause nobody who's in the music world just does it for music. Right. So, I mean, yeah. Rick Ross owns his own fucking, he does his own goddamn grass cut. He'll cut like 40 of his own acres just so he doesn't have to pay people for it, right? That's the kind of hustle yeah. Ross is on. I wonder what DJ Khaled does. Because it looks like he just parties and annoys his wife. He, I, I think he also owns like a, a wing spot, like a wing restaurant, which is why I found it extra hilarious that he went on the hot ones and couldn't eat the wings. Oh, that is, I did, that's a whole new level of context that I, hadn't, I did not have. I, uh, that's funny. I think it's called Another Wing is what it's called. Yeah, it's he, it's another wing. Another wing, could he? It's, yeah, it's called another wing, and it's uh, it's a wing spot. Yeah, I gotta check. I gotta go. It's probably only in Florida, though, isn't it? Uh, locations. I, I gotta pull it up here. Um, oh, it looks like they're all over, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, this website. Yeah, I gotta try okay. it. Yeah, they got a. Uh, oh, this is this is really annoying. The way this is designed. Toronto, Seattle, San Antonio. It's got a bunch down there. Sacramento, Portland, Montreal. Area here in the next year. Los Angeles, Austin, Los Angeles, Houston, Baltimore, bunch, Austin, Atlanta again, Vancouver, Toronto. Yeah, it's all over the place. There's a number of them up near like uh, uh, the the Pacific you know, the Northeast, Northwest. And stuff. You mentioned okay. Tennessee. Yeah, what is? Uh, There's one in Tennessee. Uh, now zooming in. I guess it's out. It's near Atlanta. Oh, makes sense. I, where do you go for chicken, right? If you were to go somewhere for specifically to get chicken, where do you go? Like, what's your first stop? Dude, I live in the middle of nowhere, so we don't have any good restaurants around here. So I cook most of the time. Almost every night, I just cook dinner. So I make my own wings a lot of the times. I live in, like, a, like a mid-city. You know, like, it's not a huge mm-hmm. city, but it's not a little city. Um, yeah. But I'll tell you what, I've never had good chicken until I went to, like, a Helen's Hot Chicken. Or just anywhere that's, mm-hmm. like, a hole in the wall. And looks kind of ghetto. That's where I want my chicken from. I don't want KFC. Uh, and I recommend no, anyone no, find that little no, hole because no. that's where the best food comes from. Yeah, I live in a town of a little under three hundred people, God. so if that gives you context of like how in the middle of nowhere I live. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now I so like move. I I can drive like 35, 40 minutes away, and they have like Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, they have KFC, which isn't my favorite, but they have like pot pies, which I actually do like, but I don't get it very often. Pop but to me, good. to me, that's not like wings like that I'm looking for. Like I, I like making them at home because I can get them, you know, I, I put it in the, I put some you know, baking soda on them, right? Get them nice and crispy in the oil, put the sauce on, stick them in the, with the air fryer oven, which gets them really nice and crispy. Yeah. Are you a, you're awful. a, you're a bone in kind of guy. When I make them at home, yeah, yeah, it's just easier. I got that. Otherwise, I have to find like chicken bites or something that are like frozen. It just kind of defeats the purpose. 
up until the the end of last year, like October or so, I would never eat a wing if it had bone in. Mm. I don't know why. I just I'm one of those people I don't like to touch my food. Uh but yeah. I've I've gotten used to it now. Now I'm uh, I've conquered that fear of touching the bone. <laughs> if I if we go out to eat, I'm getting boneless wings. It's just easier. I don't like being messy when I'm out and about. Exactly. But at home Especially I don't care as much. In front of people. Yeah. Well, I work at a yeah. Ruby Tuesdays. If I eat at work, I find the the only table that <laughs> cannot see people, and that's where I sit. Yeah. It, the only the only exception I make when I'm out is uh, if I get like crab legs or something, which is super rare. It's, uh, going out to yeah, we don't I, I mean over in the middle of nowhere we don't get seafood like fresh seafood here well, uh, unless i like order legs, it you might What's as well that? like if you're eating uh, crab legs you might as well flex that you're eating the crab legs while you eat them. you know what i mean yeah. you gotta eat them in front of people let people know that i mean you pretty much have to use your hands there's i mean there's no yeah. real other way to to work with them and get the meat out of the shell or anything like that but yeah, yeah it's, i don't think i've had good crab in like some years but in fairness i don't ever go for like my i like sushi Mm. But certain I'm not big on sushi. Yeah. I, I don't like salmon. Tilapia, uh, nah. I'm not a big fan of. I like crab. You know, lobster is good. Shrimp is all right. I just, mm. I'm real weird about my food. <laughs> it is funny, like uh, just food in general. Now, we, uh, I took my my girlfriend and uh, her mom on vacation once, and uh, I, my grandfather came with us. We went from where I live down to Raleigh, North Carolina, and I'd mm. spent a lot of time down there growing up. I had family that lived down there. And uh, so I was like, we'll go down. You've never been here. This will be a cool trip. I'll revisit like some of the places I went to when I was a kid and stuff like that. And they're like, okay. And they were like blown away because of like an actual city. Yeah. You know, it's like, there's so much going on there. You know, wow. They actually have shops. And so I'm like, yeah, this is what it looks like in an area that's not completely dead. <laughs> is Raleigh that big? I don't I know what the population is. It, I think I watched it's a, podcast it's with a good size there. city. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, it's I'm, about 500,000 people. God damn. All right. That's pretty big. It's bigger than, I actually don't know the population of the city I'm in, but I know Nashville. When I go to Nashville every once in a while, it's, it's pretty hard. Right. But I'm from California, so mm. I, I kind of am used to the city thing. But living in Tennessee, you get used to the woods. Man. I don't know if I have a preference yet, but I want to live on a mountain, I think. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was funny watching them, like, get blown away by that. And then, like, going out to eat, you know, we went to a, uh, this place called the the Forty Second Street Oyster Bar, which is like seafood. That was aw- that place is awesome. Uh, and they were like, "Oh man, we can get like all these fancy, you know, all this fancy food." Went to this place called the uh, the Angus Barn, I think is what it's called, if I remember correctly. And it's just like a steakhouse, like a in you know, like an old barn. And then there's a the place called the Pit, which is like a barbecue joint. And uh, we uh, on the way down. Like we, uh, we stop, I try and whenever I go like on vacation, I try and stop at places that I wouldn't be able to get that type of food normally at home. Yeah. So like we, that was when I first, that was the first time I stopped at a Popeye's chicken because we didn't have one anywhere nearby at the time here. They just built one within the last year. Um, so we stopped at Popeye's. I was like, this is awesome. You decided to stop at because you don't have it. It's just weird because there's three of them in my city. (laughs) There's three (laughs) Popeye's. So it's like. It's like if you're like, I went to Taco Bell. And it's like, you guys don't have a yeah. Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> but we stopped there. There was a, what's the place called? Bojangles. Um, uh, Sonic. Like the Sonic Drive-In, you know? You don't have a Sonic? Yeah, we don't have any of those. God. We actually did. There was one like a t- at a town like an hour and a half away from where I live, which is too far to go for 
fast oh, food. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it ended up closing up years ago. Can you um, DoorDash where you live? No, no, that's not a service that's available here. <laughs> that would be something though. I, dude, uh, I would but we stopped at all these places. Uh, my grandfather had never been to like Chick-fil-A. So I got him a Chick-fil-A the one time. And so he's eating, he, he is like, so, like such an old school guy where it's like, I just want like a three piece leg and thigh meal because he likes KFC. And so everywhere we go, he's just getting this as close to that as he possibly can. And we go to this place called The Pit in Raleigh, North Carolina then. And I'm like, yeah, I guess something really interesting. Like this is, you know, like an award winning restaurant. Like their chef was on like the Food Network, like competitions and stuff. Like I think uh, Chopped maybe. I don't I don't know the Food Network shows, but he was on those shows. He won a lot. He has a ton of awards. And I'm like, this is like the barbecue place in this area. Like get something great. Like and uh, he's like, got it. And he ordered like just generic fried chicken. <laughs> you, I'm like, what are you doing? You I'm like, you've had chicken like five times already this week. He's like, yeah, yeah, but I like it. I'm like, all right, fair enough. Yeah. Too much chicken. Really like. fuck you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, when you whenever you go on vacations, do you do you tend to like this foods as food places your like go to? Is that what you look for, or are you like a events kind of guy? Uh, I, well, I you know we're gonna eat at some point during the day, so if we're gonna do that, you know, whatever it is, I want to make sure it's something different, something unique, so I can get the experience of wherever it is I'm actually at. You know, like I, you go to like the South or the Midwest or something, I'm gonna get like you know. If I go to Louisiana, for example, I'm going to get like Cajun style food wherever yeah. I go because I'm not going to get that here. You know, I go to the sure. South, I'm going to get like barbecue and stuff like that. You know, yeah. I'm out, you know, wherever. Yeah. yeah, I just try and get like a different, you know, palette of food wherever I go. But when I go on vacation, it's not just about the food. I'm there to like do the things I wouldn't be able to do here. Like I'm going for not necessarily events, but, you know, in, in Raleigh, it's a city. We're not in a city here. So I'm, we're out and about. We're going to all like the, the shops and stuff like that you yeah. know they have you know not necessarily in raleigh they have nc state university of north carolina state there so i took them on the you know the campus there um you know unc is in chapel hill like there's i forget how many different universities just within that little area of north carolina the uh, innovation innovation triangle is what they called it up in uh, uh, north carolina yeah it's you got raleigh durham which are two cities that are basically like snug right up against each other so there's just there's a lot of you know people there, a lot of universities there because there's so much technology and money flowing into the area that there's just a ton of different universities. Like Wake Forest is right there. Okay. Um, yeah, no, like I said, UNC, NC State. Yeah, there's there's so many different universities in there, and there's a lot of smaller like little colleges and stuff too. I know. I but, was I was going to plan a trip to Charlotte up in North Carolina mm-hmm. for a, a Hornets game with oh, my okay. friends, but uh, we decided that we're gonna put it off and we're going to try and go to Chicago for a game instead. But I I have always wanted to go. I had a, I used to live right on the border of North Carolina and Tennessee Mm -hmm. uh, at a a city called Johnson city. I don't live there anymore. So I can say that. Um, And that place was horrible. And everyone who came in from North Carolina also looked horrible. So I was just like, I got a bad first impression. I never even went there. Yeah, Raleigh's awesome. Like I said, they have was NC State. I think they have North Carolina Central is there. Meredith College, um, Shaw University is down there. Uh, obviously, you have UNC, which isn't in Raleigh, but you got like Durham Technical College, Community College, I think. 
Yeah. Um, you got Wake Forest, uh, Johnston Community College. I think Strayer's there. It, there's there's a number of different universities. Um, sure. But I, like I said, when I was when I was little, I grew up you know down there a bit with you know visiting family and stuff. So I would just be wandering around on the campuses as like you know I'm a, I guess 13, 14 year old wandering around a bunch of college kids. It yeah. was it was kind of funny. Yeah, um, that's always a fun time is when you're the you're the young one and everyone's like, "What's mm-hmm. this kid doing here?" And you still end up being the cool guy. It uh, I I don't know why I find it so entertaining looking back on it. when I was. I forget if I was a junior or senior in high school and I went down and I was just, you know, looking around at the, the university. I didn't know where I was going to go to college at the time if I wanted to go to college. But uh, my I had family that worked for uh, well, both of the like North Carolina and North Carolina State. And they're like, oh, come down and do like the tours of the, the campuses, you know, with the actual tour, as opposed to just wandering around on campus. They'll provide you more information. Yeah. I was like, OK, so I did that. And uh I'm doing the tour for uh, North Carolina State and we get like two thirds of the way through the tour. Maybe and we're going by this one building and uh, I tell like the, the tour guide and I get their attention. I'm like, hey, you know, I got to leave the tour here. Uh, I'm having a lunch with the dean uh, right now. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I got to go. I'm having lunch with the dean. And he's like, OK. And that's what I did. And it was, I don't know why, I just, I found that hilarious that I had to interrupt their tour. So I go, did, you, with the did dean. you actually get, have lunch with the dean? I did. Yeah. No, my, I was, my aunt was going to meet me at the, at the building we were walking past. And uh, I met up with her and we walked across the street to the restaurant and her, did you not go there some for of her coworkers college? and the dean. Yeah. Did you go there for college? No, I, I didn't end up going there. The it, dean uh, gave you a free lunch and you didn't even go to that college. That's true. It's true. Yeah. I got a, a chicken Caesar salad. I don't remember the restaurant's name, but I remember what I had to eat because I felt bad. Do you remember uh, from that far ago what you had to eat? I, I remember it because I felt bad. I didn't want to make him pay a lot for my oh. lunch because he wasn't expecting me to be there. My aunt yeah. knew I was going to be there, but he didn't at the time. And so I was like, he's like, get whatever you want. Get whatever you want. He was super nice. He's like, you get whatever you want. Don't worry about it. I'm like, and I'm just in the back of my mind. I'm like, I don't want to make this guy pay for you know, my, a big lunch or whatever. And then like, you know, looking back and I'm like, I should have got whatever I wanted. The guy's the Dean of the university. He's got the money. He's probably putting it on like a, you know, the university credit card. I doubt he's even paying for it himself. Honestly, (laughs) honestly, I would have rang that up, but I would have got got crabs finally. I would have not crabs. Yeah. (laughs) That would have been an interesting thing. Oh, he's paying for my lunch. Yes. I'll get an STD. (laughs) Yeah. Let's go. (laughs) No, hell SEs are running rampant around my city right now i don't want to yeah. stop it my bad but they are <laughs> tennessee if you're in tennessee watch out wrap it up don't let <laughs> don't let any of these girls play you man yeah, it's my I to all the kids it was a it was an interesting experience but i didn't go there i would reckon if if people are like out there listening and they're interested in like a you know a technical degree like if you're in like graphic design or like anything mechanics or stuff like that i do like nc state it's a nice campus um, mm-hmm. it's in the city. They have a lot of really cool programs for it. It just wasn't, it, it I didn't, the, it didn't vibe with me. If that makes sense. Did like, you end I, up going college somewhere else? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I won't, I, I, I won't dox myself. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. but yeah, I, 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 between the two UNC and NC state at the time, university of North Carolina at Chapel, their campus felt like, a, like I was at home. Like it felt, I felt way more comfortable. You know, it had like a really laid back atmosphere to it where, you know, it's there's trees, you know, there's trees on campus at NC State as well. But NC State, uh, UNC rather, it just felt way more relaxed. You're not in the city, so to speak. 
you kind of are, but it, it's not like you're in the middle of like downtown Raleigh. Yeah. And uh, it was just super relaxing, really quiet and laid back. Whereas NC State felt like you're in an industrial area is what it felt like to me at the time. Okay. I was like, it, it just, I don't know, it felt like there was a lot more going on. I couldn't really relax at the time. I went to a college right in the city I'm living in and where I graduated high school from. But I only went for like half a semester. And that's because mm-hmm. they had they had this whole little thing when I was graduating college. I graduated in 2016. Not college, when I was graduating high school. And it yeah. was like, if you fill out the paperwork right and your parents follow this X and Y out, you get two years free. Uh, so I, I went through all the steps and stuff. And I got accepted to the college right in town. I was going to go for criminal justice. I wanted to be a narcotics detective, which is kind of mm-hmm. funny because I'm a rapper now. But nonetheless, <laughs> I uh, that was my dream. I was like, I'm going to become a narcotics detective. I'm going to be a good cop. You know how every kid is. Um, yeah. I'm going to be a good cop. And then they get paid a little bit of bribe money. You're like, fuck that. Well, I, was, <laughs> I want the I, money. I went to every class, but my criminal justice classes, for some reason, mm-hmm. I just, I always missed them somehow. And then I got hit with like a, Hey, we're, we're going to take your scholarship. Your Tennessee promise is you didn't fill it out in time. We, I know we told you you're accepted and you've already been taking classes, but you're gonna have to pay 8,000 a semester now. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, college just isn't going to work. Uh, but I do want to go back. That's that's one of my dreams. I want to go back and get a business degree. So that's that's mm. something I want to do. It's interesting. Like I, I don't even know. Like I'm at, I'm I went to college for a semester, and then I I realized I'm like this isn't worth it for me. Like it, for me personally, it's not worth it. Uh, I'm I just didn't fit in. Like I didn't I didn't like going to class every day. Like I felt like I was doing a lot that just wasn't relevant to what I was working towards, yeah. which was design, like graphic design at the time. Uh, that's what I wanted to do, but I was in a computer science, uh, like field and I was like, this is not working. I hated coding. Uh, I was like, this is terrible. Uh, but I was taking like generic math classes and stuff. Like, I think it was taking like algebra or something. I was like, I took calculus in high school. Why am I taking mm-hmm. algebra in college? hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, don't you think it's a little weird? Like I've always had this thought. It's a little weird that they are like the norm for going to college is right out of high school. And it feels mm-hmm. like a really hard time for anybody to figure out what they're going to do for the rest of their life. You're not even an adult yet at that exactly. point. Exactly. You don't even have a, you don't even have a pain. You're not even paying for a house. Probably you're not paying for a rent anywhere. Yeah. I mean, you might not even have a job. I, I just you have think kids it's- that have never had like uh, any financial understanding in their life. And now all of a sudden they're taking on, tens of thousands of dollars in debt and they have no concept of like how that's going to affect them. Not at all. And, and they're going to college for something that they may end up not wanting to do, which is why I think Mm -hmm. we need to start allowing, like not allowing, but like it should be normal for like 25 to 35 to go to college. Cause I feel like at that age, you really start to realize what you want. I mean, I'm 24 Mm -hmm. in the last two, three years I've switched up. The only thing I've known I've wanted to do the last three years was music. You know what I mean? Before then it was like, I want to be a narcotics detective or I want to be a, a, a PI or X and Y. And it's just, it's always changed. So, and at this point I just want to be financially good enough for my children. Yeah. So at this so point, at this point I just want to be employed if that's possible. <laughs> yeah. Can we just, can we just, can I just have a good paying job. <laughs> Do I need a college degree? Do we have to yeah. have that? Am I allowed to have food and a place to live? That'd be ideal. Yeah. If my kids can, can get what they want as well isn't a lot right now 
uh, I I'll be fine. So yeah. at this point, I'm just I'm just happy to be employed. There's a lot of people who aren't employed these days, even though the employment rate's going down. I still see more people I'm I'm around all the time that don't even have a job, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's tough. You know, you get back in the circle, but at, at some point, it's like, damn, just take a take an easy job. I'm serving at Ruby Tuesdays, man. I'm just trying to make the checks happen. Yeah, I mean, even for myself, like I I don't have any interest in doing like graphic design at this point, really. Like that's that's what I was interested in. There was a there's a town. It's called a University of uh, the Art Institute of York. That's what it was. It's in Pennsylvania here. And I went down there and I was looking at it and I was like, this is awesome. Like they had people there like doing like graphic design, like just you know like logos or whatever. They had people I think working on like video game programming. I could be wrong about that. I don't remember exactly. But like they took me around. It was just in the middle of a day. You know, students are in classes working on stuff. And yeah. they, you know, they would walk me into a classroom. It was me and my parents. And they're like, all right, yeah. And they're like, whoever, like the kid was, they walked up to a desk, like one of the desks and like, hey, can you show him, you know, what you're working on and give him an idea of like what you do. And like, they, they were showing me, you know, some of those like design projects they were working on. I was like, this is awesome. Like student housing, they literally had houses where it was yeah. like two to three students per house. And it was just a whole house to themselves, like a small house, obviously, but it was a house. And I was like, that's cool. But then it was like, for two years, I think it was $72,000. And I was like, I was like, damn, this is absurd. Yeah. Like it, I was like, I, at the time I thought like my parents, I was like, oh man, maybe I'll do this. My parents like, we're not spending that much. I was like, all right. And then I went to school, like the university I ended up going to. And my parents were like, anyway, the bill came today. If you're ready to start paying that. And they didn't pay it at all. I was like, this is bullshit. And it pissed me off a lot. Is it like a then, doctor's bill? Yeah. Where you don't have to pay it immediately. Yeah, it dude, it was it's insane. It's cheaper than a doctor bill a lot of oh, time. <laughs> I hear that. I'm I forget what it was. I saw a bill. thing the other day, like this person they got their bill back for like having their child and it was insane. It was they're like, Yeah, you know, for oh was it was it skin to skin contact? Like if the, the dad holding the baby costs like fourteen hundred dollars or something stupid. I th- yeah, I think it came down for one of my social services to like $150,000. It's abs- absolutely ridiculous. It's like that, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even going to spend that much on the child in the first 5 years. Like yeah. why, why am I paying for this uh but no, I mean if there's any job that can make a lot of fucking money, it is it is the doctors cuz you can kind of just charge people whatever and they're just like cuz they need it. Yeah. yeah. It, you can have your own rates at some point. You know what I mean? If it wasn't for yeah. insurance companies, we'd all be getting screwed. It's sort of like with anything now, like the like price of groceries is skyrocketed because it's yeah. stuff people need. They charge whatever they want. Nobody's stopping them. You know, it's just like, oh, $5 for milk. Sure. You you need it. So you're going to yeah. pay for it. Yeah. It's, yeah the it's, pandemic kind of fucked us there because everyone yeah. stopped spending so much or leaving the house and spending. And then whenever yeah. pandemic it's starting to die down and everyone's like, Oh, we can leave the house and spend a whole bunch. And now mm-hmm. everything's going up because of it. But yeah, yeah no, nah, I, uh, I've been doing the opposite. I've just been trying to save for a move all the way up to Washington state. That's the game plan. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're going to move here at some point. I'm, I'm looking to switch careers and once they do that, it'll be like a remote position is what I'm looking for. And I'll, uh, that'll let us move wherever we want. So I'm going to move South at some point cause it's too cold here. Yeah, I think it's too cold move, for all three hundred of us in town. <laughs> wait, how? What? What? How cold is it there right now? Right now, it's it's. Uh, let me. Look. 
It's like 28, 29, I think is when I took the dog out earlier. Oops, yeah. It's a little bit colder than here. It, it's been an abysmal winter. Well, it's, it says 32 degrees right now, to be fair. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like... But yeah, it's, it's, it's like mid-20s every day right now. I can't do it. I hate the cold. I think it's because I'm yeah. from California, but I, I literally... I get like... My skin will start turning blue if I'm out in the like, <laughs> cold after like 20 minutes. It's kind of ridiculous. It might be anemic, and I'm not going to go to the doctor to find that out because I don't want that bill. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it, I hate dealing with the cold. And like I said, it, it, I would be able to deal with the cold if there was stuff going on here, but there's just nothing here. There's no jobs. There's, you know, there's nothing to do. I have to, it, I don't want to live somewhere where I have to drive like 40 minutes just to go to a restaurant and then like a subpar restaurant. <laughs> I bet it's depressing too, right? Being in the middle it's of just, nowhere. If it's it's like just a shitty weather overwhelming day. boredom is what it is. Yeah. Which is... I, probably why i spent a lot of time doing like the you know podcasting and streaming and stuff like that yeah are you like an outside person do you do you like have hobbies outside i'm a big soccer guy i love playing soccer so like my friends and i when it's nice we'll go out and like kick the ball around but not in the winter (laughs) yeah i'm I'm pretty much the same where i'll go out like do like a music show or i'll i'll go Mm -hmm. out and play basketball or something but for the most part i I like to sit my ass inside and just watch. Yeah, it's like sucks. in the summer. It's it's nice because everything's we have a, we have a ton of state parks around, which is nice to have like the available space. Like we'll go like my dad like and uh, my little brother like I'll meet up with them and we'll go climbing. So that that's a fun thing we like to do. Like go a, mountain biking, like climbing on like actual like rock climbing. climbing. Like yeah, yeah rock we go out. Yeah, well, like uh, one of us will, like usually myself and my dad will like we'll climb up to the top of like we're bouldering. Uh, yeah. You know, you climb up to the top, you set the lead line, and then, like, we'll, you know, my little brother can climb up and not worry about, like, if he falls, he's falling, like, a foot, and then the rope catches him, you know. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, have you thing. ever had a fall? Nothing serious, no. No. I've never yeah. done anything, like, crazy. Like, my dad's done a lot of, like, climbing. He's climbed, like, you know, a lot of, like, the bigger mountains, like, the bigger named mountains out in, you know, like, Colorado and out in the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. I have not. I've I've ridden my mountain bike through those areas, but... No, it's I've only a, done like bouldering and like short, you know, like uh, rock faces, essentially. Gotcha. I'm yeah, not very it's, experienced. It's the fear of heights that keeps me from doing. I've thought about. I have a fear of heights time. too, but I just don't look down. I I can't help but look down. That's my <laughs> issue. I I I have to like my feet have to be on something. But I am the same person. I like urban exploring. You know what I mean? Like mm. going to see like random like or shit that just like wasn't built all the way or shit that was just abandoned and like out we, the yeah i i don't i don't do that very often at all but i have done that like there's a what is it it was like an old metal plant or something i don't remember uh it's been closed since before well before i was born and i remember we went in and they had like one of the big uh uh what do you call it the big you know the big like tubs like the vats they pour like the molten iron into or whatever like they yeah. had one of those it was just like on the ground like leaned up against a wall I remember going through the building. It's like overgrown. There's like, you know, like the doors are gone. There's just trees and stuff growing in the building. That's it was cool pretty sweet. Stuff, though. Yeah. I, uh, I think I have, have some of those pictures yet. Actually, right inside of my, uh, my city, like 30 minutes away, it's a prison, right? And it mm. shares, it's an active prison. Like people still are in prison there. And oh, so yeah. It's probably don't want to just go in and walk around. <laughs> no, but, but it shares a driveway with a nuclear power plant that they only built 80% of. And then because yeah. of how small the city is, they couldn't pay for the electricity all of the city mm. went crazy and said no 
it's not being finished. So it's an 80% built nuclear power plant, like everything still in there. So that was like the coolest place I went to. We, of course, we had to jump like a barbed wire fence and yeah. all this kind of stuff. But I think there's homeless people there while we were there, but we didn't see them. We got to go down like three floors underground and all that stuff. That, yeah, that sort of thing is awesome. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, going back to like the climb, the, the tallest thing I've ever climbed is probably like 50, 60 feet tall, like a rock face. Nothing like insane. Skydive? No, I, I don't think I'd be able to do that if I'm being honest. That's something I think I could do, right? I'm afraid of heights, but I think if you're, I think there's a level of like you're just so far up that mm. you like forget that heights are a thing. You know what I mean? Like if you're in an airplane looking down, it, it's not as scary as like if you're at least for me at least it's not as scary yeah. as if I'm on like a really giant ass ladder and it's you know and like I, I'm weird like that. I, can I think part of it is though. is because it's like out of my hands at a certain point, like especially when you start skydiving. You have a, a skydiving guy strapped to your back, like an instructor or whatever. Yeah. I don't I I don't like when things aren't like in my control. Like if I'm climbing, it's literally me holding the rock, making my way up, you know. It's it's all me. I don't like being put in a scenario where it's like, all right, I just gotta hope this guy knows what he's doing, and if he fucks up, I'm dead and I had no control over it. Yeah, I hear like, that. That's I, the I'm, thing that bothers me. Yeah, there is there is to it. I hear that. I same thing with uh driving. Like, I, I mean, I don't, I don't drive recklessly, but like I drive a little quick sometimes. I enjoy it, especially on back roads when I know there's like nobody around. I yeah. love skidding around corners and, and just taking it quickly, going through the woods quickly. It's fun. Yeah. But 100%. if I'm in the passenger seat, I'm losing my shit. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the same way. I'm a, I'm a yeah. horrible backseat driver. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. Tell the directions to places that we've been to a hundred times. And I'd be like, nah, you turn this left. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I trust myself to do these things more than I trust other people. I guess. I feel like that's why. Maybe it's just is, the people right? I hang out with. <laughs> I feel like everyone has that in themselves a little bit, unless they're just so yeah. used to it, say it's driving that they just don't drive. So they're just like, mm-hmm. all right, do your thing. But I feel like everyone that has like everyone kind of has that in them, where it's like I kind of trust myself to do this more than I trust you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same with the music. I like that's the whole point of me making beats was. I trust myself to make a beat that I can sound good on more than anybody else. Yeah. Going back to that too, then like how did, what led from the music production and stuff to the actual, uh, like podcast that you do in the show? Oh, okay. Um, so I am, my podcast is a weird history, especially since we only started in October, uh, mm. which isn't long, right? Podcast sake. Like I said, if you ain't made it to 50 episodes, it feels like you're not a real podcast. If you make it to 10, you've done more than most people though. That's fair. Um, we're at, I'm, I've done a total of 14 episodes, but, yeah, you're uh, in the top 1% then. Hey, we're about to do 50. Uh, but, um, I, uh, I, my best friend got my best friend who was the very first rapper of like, I'm in a, a group thing and the hmm. very first called two, two pimps. And yeah, it is, it's TWO, TWO. Um, but he was, my best friend got locked up and got sent to prison and, the only other people rapping was like one of my other friends who had just started and then a guy I do the podcast with now named Isaiah and we kind of after a while we were like okay we're getting the music thing but we all know music isn't going to make us enough money uh, even if like it blew up unless we're like in the top you know unless we're on a radio we're not making money like that no matter how big we get Uh, and none of us are trying to be the next Kendrick Lamar you know what I mean Mm -hmm. Uh, so 
I was like, well, I, I, I like a lot of media stuff. I've always wanted to have a media company. It's like it's been a big dream of mine. Uh, I could put the music onto it, and then I was like, "Well, let me start some other things." I've been talking about doing a podcast for like two years, and finally, I moved back to the city where I went to college at, and I get back here, and I'm like, "You know what? I got the means for it. I got the funds for it. Let's let's go ahead and do it." So we made a podcast called the Night Shift Podcast, hmm. and that went for about seven episodes. One of our we had three of us: this me, my friend Isaiah, and a other co-host I won't name. He ended up not being, it ended up not being for him. And we had a guy come on as a guest, and he was amazing. He's also a local rapper, right? So we have three rappers on the thing. And then we kind of all just, he runs shows and all this stuff. So we decided to rebrand. And we've done seven, six episodes of the new one, eight of the last one. Um, And we've just been, we've been trying to grow that up. Uh, It's kind of weird because we don't know if we're good at it. We just keep doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like, like that's the, the attitude I've always had. It's like, if you're enjoying it, it doesn't matter how successful it is. It's like, there, you know, it's right. Yeah. I mean, like there's been a handful of episodes that I've done for this show where, you know, the guest has pulled out last minute or the schedule just doesn't work out. And so it's literally just me venting to myself. It's, I like those episodes. The audience doesn't care most of the time. Like I'll, I don't get a ton of messages, but I, you know, I get a couple of every episode and, uh, you know, those episodes, people are like, you fucked up the schedule again, didn't you? And I'm like, no, they just backed out at the last minute. And they're like, yeah. you fucked it up. <laughs> they always blame you. Yeah. I kind of have a similar thing going on with our viewer. We don't have a lot, but the viewers we do have are the same people who listen to our music. It feels like some of them, mm-hmm. like half of them, I'd say. And if they're in like the live chat, they'll be they'll be in there talking trash to us but like it's always like playful banter uh yeah. do you but do you plan that, on continuing to do like the it live permanently like is that a do you consider that like a mainstay uh so we're we're really using this one as a stepping stone um mm-hmm. we want to keep this one as like the main one obviously but like me and isaiah eventually want to do a podcast called uh we already have a name for it we're gonna do one entirely based off of basketball we're both huge nba heads I watch every game if I can watch them live. I watch like a week. I watch like 15 games a week. Uh, it sounds like be, how I am with soccer. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like if I'm hanging on my daughter and she's watching TV or something, I pull up a game on my phone. You know what I mean? Mm. Just simple stuff like that. So all we do is like consume that outside of music. So it's like cool. We could probably make a show off of that, but that's not going to be live. Uh, for the one we're doing now, right now we're going to do live and once. Uh, our third Isaiah, the other one of our three co-hosts. Once he moves down to the city that the other two of us are located at, we're gonna start doing it in person. And when we make the move to in person, hopefully by the summertime, worst case, the end of summer, uh, we do not know if we're gonna do it in person or live. We're just kind of yeah. gauging our views right now and seeing how that's going. Nice. Yeah, we did. I don't remember exactly how many. We did a number of these the episodes for this show live right at the beginning. And we quickly learned that based on the content we did and like our audience, it was not a good idea. Cause what, what made you want to switch? The absolute f- part of it was, you know, we'd get distracted by the, the chat more than anything. Yeah. And it became more us reading chat comments than us having an actual show. I hear you. And it, it just, it's disjointed for people who don't catch it live. Like, it just doesn't sound as good. 
and then we had a couple of like one episode in particular where it just got out, out of hand where uh it we were reacting to an event as it like pretty much happened as the news was coming out and the comments were just horrific and i was like i i'm not interested in doing this like we're not letting giving the chat the power over the show at this point yeah and we, uh, uh we got some yeah. mods to help us with things that shouldn't be said because we like to have the comments pop up while we're doing mm-hmm. it but we ignore about 95 percent of them and the only time we really look at them is we have like a little thing for like fan submissions or like fan questions so we'll look at it yeah. during that fairly but like we do like these games right we'll like we'll, we'll draft like if you're getting sent one of them was like if you're there's a show called alone right and alone mm-hmm. all contestants get to bring 10 items and then they get to go live uh they they're they're put in a remote location in the middle of the arctic tundra basically and they have the sent items and trying to survive as long as we can. So one of our games is like, let's all go serpentine style draft and let's let's draft our let's just draft five each. Uh, and then at the end of it, we'll like look at chat and see whose list is the better list type of stuff. But yeah. for the most part, I think we've avoided the the chat problem. There is the problem of like editing and like yeah. it's a live show, so everything that we put on YouTube afterwards isn't everything that was live. Which can cause mm-hmm. some confusion and like conversation flow and stuff. Uh, there's definitely a lot of issues with it, but I, I personally, I personally like the platform of Twitch. So if yeah. if this is the only one that stays on Twitch, that's fine with me. But if we if we just do it live and then we edit it, that's fine with me. As of right now, it hasn't been a big deal, but I can definitely see it being a problem in the future. Mm. I think part of it too for us is the schedule. The recording schedule is so all over the place. We wouldn't have a consistent schedule to to have the show on twitch like i feel like if you're going to stream a lot too it's easier if you have a consistent schedule which is what we did in 2020 when i was with during the lockdowns when i was streaming like video games but like with the show here like i mean this week alone i have three episodes i'm recording but it's like i can't have three shows one week and then one the next or none the next week or whatever like it just it'd be all over the place people would have a hard time keeping up with it you know Plus, like I said, we do. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's it is easier. I, a lot I of times we have. It does go ahead. A lot I'm sorry. Easier to be like to do it just at a convenient time during like mm-hmm. any day. It is definitely like a huge plus because being like, yeah. hey, we have to meet at this time, and we do pre-show for an hour, and then we do post-show for two hours. So we're gonna meet mm-hmm. on ten thirty every fucking every single Thursday. And at, at first, it was like, yeah, yeah, it's fine, but like people get new jobs and stuff like that mm-hmm. it's gonna end up changing the time potentially, and all kinds of extra stuff luckily we, we we got a few people who will come on and co-host if we need them but yeah those you know, i think at some can, point too we might actually switch over to like a full-time video like we were talking before the the show here about like you know we did the video for like the anniversary style episodes mm-hmm. we i've considered doing like video for every single one one of the reasons I like doing audio only right now is it makes it more accessible to guests. We have a lot of people that come on that don't want to be on camera. And I think having, you know, if it's just me and the guest, it doesn't look great if I'm just sitting there with my camera on the guest just as a black screen. It's yeah. kind of pointless to have the video then. Uh, I think a lot of people aren't comfortable being on camera, but they are comfortable just coming on using like whatever their screen name is maybe. And just chatting, like it, it's a lot more anonymous than it would be with video. Yeah, I I can I hear that. I I 
I think the only thing I like about video is that it feels it's more personable. Yeah, it feels really personal. Uh, a lot of how our podcast tends to go is very uh, like we know each other's uh, body language. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it, it it makes it easier to like watch for the little things because. Yeah. We have a dude in our podcast who just wants to talk, talk, talk. We have a dude on there who wants to talk sometimes, but not all the times. And there's me, who I, I just try to keep talking if nobody is. And yeah. it comes down to the thing of like, okay, if if we have a video, we can see each other, and we know when someone has a has something to say. You know what I mean? Because we know each other's mm-hmm. body language. But no, I definitely think eventually I want to figure out how to just do it on audio so I can put it on Spotify and stuff. Yeah. I, I think if we did thing. switch to video, I think I would do a thing where it wouldn't be live, but like I would take the video and then as it, like the day it comes out, like we release every Wednesday. So every Wednesday, you know, I would put it as like a schedule. I would re- have the recording, the video recording, and then use that as the live stream for Twitch or whatever. Oh, and then I could, I could be in the chat, interacting with the chat while the show is going on even though the show isn't live, but I'm still there actively talking to people as they watch it and it's sort of live for them. If you That's really want to mess with them, if you really want to mess with them, right? Because I'm all about trolling mm-hmm. my audience. If you really want to mess with them, don't tell them that it's not pre-recorded. Don't tell them it's pre-recorded. Just yeah. have them confused <laughs> the whole time. It would be hilarious. It, yeah, it'd be interesting. I don't know. It, Like I said, I, I've considered that because at least then they're, I'm getting like chat interaction in real time, which is cool. Um, but yeah, it's like I said, the schedule is so weird. There's no way I can ever do like a consistent live podcast schedule. I think, I think another fear of mine is spreading my audience too thin because like mm-hmm. I'm not a big podcast right now. Right. And everybody's coming on is mainly coming from the music. Uh, so mm-hmm. they're, they'll, they'll look everywhere for music because it's music. You know, you, you could find on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, whatever, right. Yeah. It's easily going everywhere. But people, I've seen, it's, it feels like people aren't that easy to switch platforms when it comes to podcasts. And I'm Man. worried about, like, having X amount of views on Twitch. And because people can find it on YouTube and Spotify, I'm going to lose half those views here. And then I'll gain them somewhere else. But it's not. The, these platforms don't count gains across other platforms. You know, it's only the individual mm-hmm. platforms. So, like, with Twitch, I at least know if I get to a certain point, I can start getting subscribers from it. And we already have people telling us they'll subscribe. So it's like, okay, dope. Let's just let's push this to subscribers. And when we get to subscribers, we can figure out if we want to move somewhere else. Yeah. It is interesting. Like I, I think I mentioned on the previous episode or something where our audience is very different based on the platform we're on. Like our Twitch audience is one like standalone audience. Like those are people are not generally listening to the podcast for the most part. I mean, I haven't streamed in ages, but like when we were doing those live streams all like every day and the podcast and everything else and YouTube, the Twitch was its own thing. Uh, a lot of those, a lot, we had the podcast audience, we had the YouTube audience. And then the only place that audience came together was like in our discord. Um, mm. And that was the only like crossover we had. But even with that, the people in the discord, it's like, where are you from? I'm from Twitch. Oh, okay. Like those people still didn't go over to like our YouTube or like to the podcast. They were all their own audience, but they all just connected in the the Discord, which was interesting. Yeah, it's like I, three different communities under the same like brand. You guys have like bizarre. a fan Discord. What's that? You guys have like a fan Discord. We had a Discord where it was just the Digest Productions Discord. Uh-huh. Um, 
but yeah, it's, it's like I said, the, during the lockdowns is when I was really able to focus on stuff. And so having the Twitch going every day, having the podcast come out every Wednesday, having like consistent YouTube uploads, I was hitting across the board and we were seeing growth everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then when I went back to the office, because I was basically unemployed, like the only money I was making at the time was from Twitch mm-hmm. uh, and any sort of like sponsorship opportunities we had for the podcast and stuff in between, you know, I wasn't making a ton of money. And yeah. so when I went back to the office, you know, I work in, you know, I work in sales, I work in marketing, so it's commission based. So whatever I make is based on like, you know, how much I'm selling and stuff like that. Yeah. So I was grinding my ass off when I got back to work because I wanted to make one. I wanted to make like good money again, but I also wanted to make up for all that time I spent not making like real money. So I could, yeah. you know, put that back into savings and, you know, really recuperate any losses I might have had. And so I didn't focus as much as I should have on the brand. So like our Twitch died off. Like we hit partner in the course of a couple of months, which is incredibly hard to do. We hit affiliate in like oh, a yeah. week, it's week and a half hard. or something. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm, I'm still not even fucking close, dude. Like I'm, like we're we're still trying to we're still trying to get everyone because we get most of our views from the playback. Did you have that thing as well? Most almost all of our views came from live viewers. Like like I said, I would I would be streaming every day, except for like Sunday, like Saturday or Sunday. The weekends were iffy, but every day of the week, I would be streaming for like eight nine hours straight every single day, and so I'm getting. You know, people consistently mute more and more viewers coming in. I let them pick the game so they would talk amongst themselves. They'd pick a game. It gives yeah. them a reason to come back as well as bring in new viewers for whatever game I'm going to play. Yeah. So we got a lot of viewers from that. And then, you know, YouTube, I was just, you know, decent with my keywords and tags and stuff to get viewers in over there. The tags but, and keywords, I got I to gotta definitely learn how to do that because I've been... Uh, it's way more complicated than people realize. Yeah, because yeah, I thought you could just put buzzwords. I was just putting buzzwords for a minute. Like, if we talk about Kanye West, I just, like, hashtag Kanye. And I was like, that yeah. should work. And apparently it just... It, we have something It's a combination of everything. It, it's like, you know, the tags and stuff are like one or two pieces of the puzzle, but then every, it's all like a... You get like an overall score for like the tags, keywords, the title, description, thumbnail, like everything. It all adds up to one thing. And then the overall score is what bumps you up the list if people are finding you. I got you. It's yeah. pretty convoluted well, to be honest, you, you especially with YouTube. A, YouTube's a mess. You said something a second ago about a, and it's, mm-hmm. I know it's something I've been wondering. And I guess for any of the the viewers that uh or listeners that want to start their own podcast, how do you go about getting sponsorships? Do they? Do I they think our sponsors them? hate us. If I'm being honest, we we have a number of sponsors. They uh. There's, they stick with us. I think most of it is because I do like behind the scenes stuff through our brand. Um, but like we have G95 Apparel. We've got mm-hmm. Surfshark. They're the sponsors of the podcast right now. They go in the description every week. Um, the Honestly, the best way to get a, a sponsor is to just Google like, you know, I'll use G95, like G95 Apparel uh, and then find like their contact information, find out like their social media handles and just email them or like direct message them on like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Right. And just be like, Hey, this is what I have. This is my audience. You know, I think, you know, this is why you'd be a good fit. You know, like, like all you Surfshark, for example, you know, like I would say like, Hey, you know, our, you know, our audience is primarily like gamers, people on online, you know, entertainment in general. We talk a lot about movies, TV shows and stuff. Your whole brand is that 
you can surf the web, you know, with privacy, with your VPN, you can get around, you know, uh, uh, region blocking on Netflix. So if I'm trying to watch like a British TV show, but it's not available in the US on Netflix, I can use Surfshark to, you know, switch where my region is. And now I can get, you know, British TV shows on Netflix that I wouldn't otherwise be able to get. That's a selling point that, you know, you guys have that our audience would definitely be interested in. That's why we're a good match. You know, this these are our numbers. This is how well it would work, you know, and you just set, you just set out all the information, you know, as plain as possible. Like, look, this is just how it is. This is why I think it would work. And, you know, you just hope they get back to you. Um, I don't remember what it's called early on. There was a website I used where you can, it's literally like, uh, the whole website is for podcasters trying to get sponsors or affiliates. So like the way Surfshark works, I'll use them as an example again. I mean, we don't, really get much of an upfront like cost from them it is all about us funneling listeners and viewers and stuff through to their website using our link like a referral link and anytime someone makes a purchase we get a percentage of that and that's how it is generally for sponsorships Um, depending on how big your show is you might get more money up front just because you're promoting it on the show even if they don't use the link but then anyone using that link you get a percentage of that sale it's gonna sound really weird, but I uh, okay. so I watched a podcast. Um, I'm not gonna like shout it out, man. But I, I watch a podcast pretty regularly, and they have like their their sponsors give them like physical things, like mm-hmm. like for example, like uh, they have one that gives them like uh, gummies, right? They're like Delta Eight gummies or something. But like mm-hmm. they get, they have like it's set up to where it's like physical stuff. Um, Sorry, Death by Gummy Bears. I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay, so you probably know exactly what podcast I'm talking about. I do. Uh, yeah. I, I'll be honest. Uh, whenever I have a guest coming on the show, I, you know, especially cause I get a lot of messages through Reddit, I go into their profile and I see like kind of what their interests are. So I know how to, to talk to them better, make them feel comfortable on the show. So I know exactly what podcast you're talking about. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so, Klaus uh, and I, Klaus and I also listen to this show. Okay. Perfect. So, so it, I feel like it's like the, I, I, I've never, I didn't, I didn't really I don't, nothing I really do is like at the end of the day for financial gain. Like that's the mm-hmm. benefit, right? But like it's because I genuinely enjoy doing it, and it's yeah. always weirding me out because I feel like the one the the sponsorships where they give you like the uh, just the free products. I feel like those are mm-hmm. the sponsorships I like want to go for before anything else. And it could also be yeah. like, I come from a background of when I played airsoft as a kid in like high school, and we get mm-hmm. sponsored by random companies. And they like, when we were in a team and had an Instagram going for it, they'd be like, "We'll give you." free schmocks as long as you post them and like that's yeah. the kind of fun stuff but like the money stuff is always cool man i think but it depends on audience size and like in our case like like for g95 if they send me like a free hoodie or something it doesn't really benefit them to do so i mean i appreciate it and i'm more likely to talk about it on the show if they send me something yeah. but at the end of the day just because i receive it, it doesn't really help since we don't we do an audio podcast primarily so nobody's yeah. seeing it. Nobody's, you know, it doesn't really help to have it in person. Yeah. You know, I guess, um, I guess, it does especially with the gummies, with the gummies for them, you know, it's something they're, you know, familiar with. They're showing it off every, you know, episode or whatever. Um, but they're also a lot larger of a, you know, podcast than us. The multitudes is, larger. Yeah. Which is, yeah. I guess, is why I mainly asked about the, the sponsorship things. It's because I got, it's still, mine is still young and growing. So it's that stuff that like my co-hosts will talk about yeah. like we should look for these and in my head i'm like i don't know when i should start looking for them you know what i mean yeah well that like for them in particular too i think they're probably getting about 
$1,500 upfront in cash from those brands uh, just to have them on as a sponsor, like 1500 probably per episode, I would imagine, Yeah. to mention yeah. them. And so like sending them $20 worth of gummies on top of that is not much of an expense, which is probably why that's the thing that happens. If you're going to spend a few thousand dollars in advertising, an extra $20 just so you can have a visual representation of it is not much of an added expense on top of it. That's fair. Like, yeah, it, it all depends on the deals that you're getting yeah. and stuff like that. 100%. I don't yeah. know. I, I think it's, but it's also, I, I live in this world, real, like, weird world where it's the in-between of, like, being an artist and then also mm-hmm. being a podcaster. And it, it, it might sound like, oh, that's going to eat the two together. But, like, who you are as an artist and, like, being an artist, a huge part of it is not letting anybody see your, like, normal life, right? Mm-hmm. And then being a podcaster where it's, like, I'm to be myself entirely it's been yeah. like a weird meshing thing especially like most of the people we bring on are local artists or nashville artists mm-hmm. or something and we really try and like humanize these people uh and make them not like everyone thinks of like artists and they're like oh these people are like, like they got all this money or they're out here gang banging or they're doing all this extra shit when like most of these people i know them and i know that they're just yeah. normal day-to-day cool dudes or females it's like let's bring you on and humanize you uh, but it's a it's a weird world because as a host, it's like I gotta be a normal person, but then I gotta turn around and go do a show, and I'm I gotta be a rapper who doesn't talk to anyone. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is interesting. Like it's like you're saying too. Like it is like two separate lives. Like for me, I have like my quote unquote persona on the show and our content, which is yeah. generally it's just me. Yeah. Like I might, I might be more energetic, right? Like I I have to have some higher level of energy just so the, the show is entertaining. It doesn't sound like I'm just sitting here half-heartedly interested in it, but like, it's genuinely me. Like I'm not putting on like a fake personality or anything like that. But then the back end is like the business side of it, so to speak, where it's like, I have to like be managing like the budget for the show, which isn't much obviously, but like, you know, maintaining all of it and like, you know, the, the, uh, materials I use and you know, the equipment and stuff like that. And then reaching out to guests and sponsors and things like that. There's definitely a business side to it, uh, especially if you have like any goals of like growing, you know, the brand and things like that. Uh, This year we are, I've talked to my co-host and like I said, two of them are artists. One of them throws shows as well as being an artist in Tennessee, Mm -hmm. uh, which makes him a bunch of money. Uh, And it, it is something podcast this year i am putting way more effort into podcasting than i am going to be doing with music Uh, like for example i got asked to do a book uh, to a show yesterday i was like hell no but i was like i'll come on to a podcast on sunday no problem uh (laughs) but it's also the ease of access with having kids but i think what you're saying it's like like podcasting it feels like you can be yourself 100 percent because it feels like that's Mm -hmm. the easiest way to get to people but like with an artist, it's not that you're being like a fake as an artist. It's you're not trying to show as much. You know, you're not trying to show yeah. your downs. You're not trying to. Show you have your a lows. specific image in mind of who you want to be in that role. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Or like who you want the world to see you as. If you're gonna hear my mm-hmm. music, I don't want you to also like. I speak about my day to day life all the time in my music, but I don't. I don't sit there and talk about how like when shit gets fucked up. I don't publicize that. You know. What I mean? But. Yeah. While podcasting, it's like, damn, when shit gets fucked up, that's the stuff to talk about. So it, it's one of those weird worlds of being like in between. Uh, but I'm figuring it out. I think I'm, I think I'm figuring it out real well. It's, it also helps that like, 
most of my music audience is like kind of used to how I am like in person. Mm-hmm. If they come to a show, you know, I'm the guy who holds a mic stand like it's a sword. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, or I'm <laughs> yelling at people or at one point we did a show and we started jumping off of speakers and speakers were almost on the floor. One of my co-hosts <laughs> did a show with me and we did a show together really. And he started running in circles around the crowd with the mic yeah. in his hand. Like it's just all that energy. So like when it comes to the podcast, like it's a lot laid back of me. Cause like, that's me while I'm doing music. I gotta be high energy, but like podcasting and streaming and stuff like that. It, I found it to be real easy to just be my natural self, which is like why I said it's like therapy. Cause like getting mm-hmm. on, like we do a show for two hours. So getting on a call for two hours and then the hour before and the two hours after it's like with people I enjoy talking to. It is yeah. some of the easiest things to do. Like not that, that podcasting is easy, but it feels natural, I guess is the word. Yeah. Well, I think part of it too, like I, I recorded an episode, uh, was it yesterday? No, Friday night. Uh, and, uh, this guy, Alex, Alex Wolf, he's a writer, podcaster. Yeah. And uh, that'll be out. I don't even. I forget when. We're so far ahead in our schedule. That name sounds but like, so familiar. But keep going. That was that was super therapeutic because it's like he and I are just talking about like our writing process and stuff at some points, and then he's like breaking down. He's like, yeah, but why are you writing about that? And he's like, I'd never thought to like look at it in that way. Like I was I was explaining him like, you know, some of the stories and stuff that I've written, and he's uh, like, yeah, but why did you write that character having that experience? And I was like, well, I guess it's a reflection of like this part of my life. He's like, that's. He's like, that's what I'm asking. He's like, that's, I want to know like the psyche behind it and stuff. Yeah. And I actually really, I really appreciated him being on the show. That was a fun time. Cause it was, it really was me like trying to figure myself out at a certain point, which was yeah. fascinating. I think, I think the best guests on podcasts. this is my first time, by the way, this is the first time I've ever been a guest from another podcast. Oh, okay. I didn't start nice. doing podcasts until early October. And then, you know, an mm-hmm. episode every week since I haven't stopped. Even when my hosts are like, we can't come on, I'll fill it up with guests, right? But uh yeah. I've had that luxury. I won't forever, but for right now I have. Uh <laughs> I know that's the thing is like the guests that come on that are the best are always the ones that make you feel like you're the one on another podcast. If yeah. that makes sense. Uh but like uh you're talking about finding yourself and mm-hmm. and when it comes to writing, what do you write? Do you, do you oh, you're asking like me a, personally, like whatever. Oh, I, I was, I was expecting like a philosophical thing here. I, no, I no, know. I'm not that philosophical. No, like I mean, like even like uh, I don't think I did it for the the video podcast that I uploaded recently, but like even the descriptions of every episode. If you go to like Spotify or Pod, like Podbean is our hosting platform, mm-hmm. but if you go to like Spotify, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever site you, you listen to stuff on, like the descriptions for every episode, it's one long continuous story. It's like a fantasy themed world sort of thing yeah. but it's, it's simplified because it's a podcast description i can't write a whole lot in there yeah um but i do like a lot of like fantasy writing uh i have like some sci-fi stuff i write i haven't published anything because i just i just sit here i just like just like creating worlds and things like that and so, just writing for me is just a way to get my like creativity out you know right. i have like that itch i need scratched so these and so like, that's what i do like your youtube video uh, bios and stuff they'll do that uh, I don't know if I actually don't know if I've done that for the YouTube bio. I don't think so. I think I keep it more to uh, like the podcast descriptions and then like our website and like the Twitch content. I do a lot of like more creative stuff with that. Uh, so you like the, I'm asking because like this sounds super interesting. You you will hide like uh, fantasy writing in the descriptions. 
Yeah, like I'll give me one second. I can actually pull up the like our Podbean page. So I actually I can see it right here. Yeah, I'm on it right here. Okay. Um, I don't know which episode you're looking at. I'm but... looking at a. I'm just scrolling down at your Podbean. I uh, oh, that okay. is super, super interesting. I the the yeah. closest thing I can relate it to is like in music. If we like try to do like a vlog video, I'll try and sneak a song that's never been released and probably won't ever be released, like in there for like thirty <laughs> seconds. But this yeah. is like real writing on here and it's a it started off as a way for me to just like i said like scratch that itch of creativity but also yeah. it's a way like the podcast when you think about it there's nothing connecting episode to episode other than like my being on it and hosting it yeah but really i mean it's a different guest every week generally so it's like there's no real connection between them but having that through line of like the the underlying story in the description is is fun because it does connect all of them. It gives people a reason, actually, even if they don't want to listen to the whole episode, it goes, they can go back from episode one on and like, tr- like look at the whole story that's been a part of it. Yeah. It started off very like minor. Like it was like, I think the first episode is like one sentence, maybe if I remember correctly. That is, that is, it is uh, yeah, it's, we introduce our heroes as they embark on their journey. They discuss gaming, verbal throwdowns, potential one V ones and their goals for the podcast. And, uh, I forget how long that lasted, maybe a hundred episodes where I actually included like topics in the description. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I decided I don't feel like forcing this into the description anymore. So it's all just the story and then thanking the guests, like including their links and the, you know, sponsors and stuff. But no, that's, super yeah, it's, dope. I've never seen it's anything fun. like that on a podcast to be honest with you. So that's, I'm probably whenever, whenever this ends up ending, I'm probably going to end up being on there reading. I'm, I don't like, it's one of those things like in music when somebody hides a song in a song, like it'll be a double track mm-hmm. song, but they only put the name of the first one. Uh, and I think it's that, like what those, is a, it's like an Easter egg. Yeah. It's, I remember back in the day, like on CDs, you'd have like the CD would end, like you'd hear the last song. You'd look at like the track list on the back of the CD case and then you'd listen to it and be like, it would end. And then it would go on for like two or three minutes. And then another song would start that wasn't listed on the CD case. Oh, like and I was like, oh, guy. it's a hidden song. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's just, that was, I that's remember that, that being awesome. Nowadays, it's kind of spoiled because you like if you're listening on like your phone or whatever, it's like, all right, the song's ended. Why is there five minutes left on this on this song? Yeah. And you scroll forward a little bit. It's like, oh, there's the other the extra song. Yeah, that's the worst part. Of, like Spotify has made music cool to like if you mm-hmm. build your transitions between songs real well, it'll help yeah. like, connect them and not make it stop like half a second and go into a song but they've also fucked it up to the point of like you can't even have little pauses in a song that make it sound like the song's about to end but it comes back yeah. because people can just look at the time and be like we're only a minute 30 in this doesn't actually end yeah yeah i don't know i i like having that interconnectivity between like the different episodes it, yeah. it's also i like having even though like we do a bunch of different things like i haven't streamed on twitch in a while but we have the twitch um, but like this interconnected theme of like our jester logo, which, you know, it's our brand dead Jester production. The jester is like the interconnecting theme amongst all of our stuff, you know, in the podcast descriptions, everything like that on Twitch, we have like the jester in the background. Like I have, I have posters, like artwork people have done for me. Mm. Uh, so we have that in the background. So it's a little bit less connected, but it's there, you know, and then like the actual writing I do outside of that, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to look to expand the brand. Um, and so, like, I've recently, like, for the new year here, I've really I've been starting with sponsors, 
getting the website updated, you know, and then I want to focus more on getting like actual YouTube content up, maybe some Twitch content, stuff like that. What do you, what and do you just trying to expand everything. YouTube content. Cause we've been thinking about doing like specials, uh, but those specials, mm-hmm. are like we're going to do a Super Bowl special or while we're watching the Super Bowl, we'll have the camera set up and the mic set up. So it's like, we're doing a podcast, but while watching the Super Bowl kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I've, I've never, I, I think it's cause I try not to like look at what other people are doing, but mm-hmm. it's hard for me to imagine like YouTube content that also works with a podcast. Do you have any like ideas on how you can make that work? For me, like, honestly, like just in general for YouTube, there, I doubt there's anything you can do now that hasn't already been done in some capacity. Right. So it's just about making it feel like unique to yourself, like to your personality and your, your brand or whatever. And for me, that's where the problem like has come in as far as like producing content for us, where like I had a, I'd hired a a video editor for me to like, I would, you know, I'd stream on Twitch Mm. and then I would, I would like, I'd note down in my notebook, you know, this is a timestamp, you know, we can cut this, this would be a good highlight or whatever. And I'd, I'd send that all over to him. He'd edit it and send it back. And I was like, this is great. This works really well. Um, and, uh, you know, he he decided he didn't want to do it anymore. And that was fine. But to me, it's like I have a, a specific personality of mine that, you know, and I'm the one running the brand, you know, and, and I like having that same personality to make all of it feel like it's all part of the same brand. Yeah. But I, I just don't have time to edit everything. Like I don't have time to stream on Twitch for four or five hours then you know cut down the highlights upload them to youtube you know promote it all you know record the podcast edit them you know promote them you know and then do all the other stuff we do behind the scenes because we do a lot of work with you know up and coming youtubers and stuff like that getting websites set up social media platforms set up for them that's where the bulk of like the brand business comes from for us if i'm being honest you know the outward facing stuff the podcast switch youtube I probably do less. I spend probably less time doing that combined than I do with helping newcomers, so to speak, with their stuff. You know, yeah. from like I work in marketing; it's my full time gig. So helping people get websites set up, branding, you know, getting like their logos and stuff is what I mean by branding. Um, like logos, social media platforms, all set up, getting everything like the same across everything. You know, it, it takes time, and uh, you know, I go on Reddit and I'm helping like YouTube startups. You know, I go in there and I direct message people on there, uh, seeing if they want help with anything. It takes a lot of time, you know, and I, I mean, yeah. I do it for free. So it's not like I'm making anything from it. It's just about making the connections. And a lot of times those people are the ones that will come on the show as well. Yeah, I, um, uh, I definitely, I, I kind of got away from your question. I apologize. No, you're good. <laughs> I, I, you said something I can relate to with the, having to do the production and having to promote it mm-hmm. and having to edit it and all that yeah. kind of stuff. I think that's, that's uh i can connect that to like a wall we have with music where it's like i can't i make my own i I can't make my own beats record my Mm -hmm. own music edit my own stuff and be asked to promote it and x amount of and manage myself and all this other stuff it's like i think that's where the wall of like when new artists or even like you said new youtubers come in it's like the wall of realizing when you need help and how to get it you know what i mean yeah i mean i think when you think about it the base sense of things it's easy to do the work like it's easy to make a podcast you know 
it's, you know, having a high quality and everything though is different, right? Anyone can sit down with a, a cheap microphone or whatever and record a podcast, but it's the hard part is growing that and making it bigger than it, it is to start out. with. Standing out. Yeah. Like, at least because I, That's like the I, hard part. I come from a hip hop world, like growing up, it was, mm-hmm. you got to be different. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. To even make it. And it still it's kind of like that where you got to be a little different. It's like with the podcast stuff, my whole, my whole mindset has been like, let's just be as different as possible. We might not be able to yeah. make our visuals look that different because we're still running like the whole, you know, PKA style, multiple screens up, but we do it on Discord. So yeah. it looks a little different. Um, and I, I'm kind of, I like visually, I don't know anything. Like I, I don't know anything about graphic design. I don't know how any of that yeah. stuff works. So like I can touch everything sonically. I can touch everything. But, like when it comes to, talking to people who listen or getting fan mm-hmm. stuff but like promoting it we had to get a whole nother guy for that we uh because neither me nor the first co-host i ever had was are good at that uh yeah. so there's a lot of that stuff that definitely like on the end mean a whole lot more than what people are seeing uh and it takes a whole lot more into it than just like like you said it's easy to it's easy to do when you start mm-hmm. but it's hard to grow yeah, I think the best skill people can develop is learning how to network. That is by far to me like the most important skill you can develop as a person. Yeah. Because networking can help you find jobs, right? It can help you meet people that can help you, you know, with whatever it is you're working on. Like if I'm networking well with people, I can find an artist, which is what I did. You know, I find artists to work on projects for me, make posters, you know, make like one of the people on Twitch, uh, design like one of our the, our viewers designed all of our you know 8-bit emotes and things like that you know the the bit art and stuff design my twitter icon and things like that you know networking allows me to find you know guests for the podcast reaching out to sponsors you know it allows me to find editors it is you know learning how to network is super super valuable uh, for anyone let alone people that are just starting out in like a specific creative field yeah i uh i i'm really good at networking with artists I'm not mm-hmm. great at networking with uh, people. I I am just new to the podcast yeah. world, so it's going to take I, me a minute to figure it out. I think but, the, the best advice I ever got was I was asking someone, like, how do I, you know, get somebody to, like, you know, I, I forget at the time, I think I was asking, like, how do I get someone to inter- uh, to sit down for an interview with me? And they said, just ask them. And that's yeah. the advice I give people now. It's like, are you looking for an artist? Find an artist you like. Just go on Reddit, go on Twitter, any social media site. You know, just look for whatever type of art you're looking for. If you find someone that you know whose artwork you like, just reach out to them. Just ask them. The worst they can do is not respond or say no, right? Yeah. 100%. So just asking people is, is the easiest first step. Uh, and I think that can apply to anything. Like if you're trying to find guests, just reach out to people. Okay. You know, if you're trying to find information, you know, if like you're if you're trying to find information on how to grow, like a YouTube channel. You can reach out to like, you know, even if even if it's not like the biggest YouTuber around, if it's someone that's slightly larger of a YouTuber than you, send them in uh, like a message and be like, hey, I'm looking on, you know, into how to grow my channel. Uh, would you be willing to help me out? You know, they might respond. Maybe they won't, but it doesn't hurt to, to ask. And I think that's where people go wrong. They assume like immediately before they even send it, they're like, this person's never going to respond to me. And you know, a lot of times they do. When I first started Twitch streaming, I had reached out to some guy. He had like 500 viewers maybe at the time. And I just, 
I went in the chat and I sent him a message. I said, Hey, can I DM you for some help with something? And he's like, yeah, sure, man. And I did. And he, you know, he spent like, it was only like 20 minutes out, you know, but he sat down and I was like, yeah, where'd you, you know, how'd you set up your, your stream and your overlays and stuff. And he just explained to me, you know, what he did. And he put me in contact with some of the people that did the overlays. Yeah. No, and that, it was cool. that kind of stuff right there is, is key to success. I, uh, yeah. I, it's some advice that I need to take myself, to be honest with you, because like I'll reach out to people for guests. With everything else, like I'm one of those people, like it's like a bad trait. Because if I feel defeated, I'll just be defeated. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I gotta get out of that headspace where I I gotta just feel a little bit better about actually reaching out to people. But then again, like I have three, I have two other calls, so like we don't necessarily need a guest. But like mm-hmm. guests are always more fun. Guests are always bring more views. Everything else, so no, definitely. But music, I think, I think networking has been easy for me mainly because like mm-hmm. all the artists around me like my stuff. Like they push my stuff. But like I know a few artists who don't have any networking skills and make good music, and they are getting nowhere. So networking is key, man. Man, you mentioned like feeling defeated. Like for me. I had like a similar thing at first, but I, I, the way I changed it was I viewed it as, uh, oh, this person said no, they weren't interested. But instead of viewing that as a failure, I was like, hey, I did it. I reached out to them and they were, I got them to respond. You know, I, I twisted it into a way that it was positive. I, I spun it in a positive light. Yeah. That's the way I kind of helped deal with that. And I just, I forced, you know, it's a matter of forcing oneself to do it, I guess. But, you know, I forced myself to realize like, hey, I, I said something right to get this person to at least respond to me. So clearly I'm doing something right here. And I just kind of viewed it in that way, in a positive way. For sure. I, uh, it's also like, I've had, can I name drop on here? Sure. Uh, so like there's a big artist from California, right? Called the game. Right. Oh, okay. I know the game. And he messaged me when I was early on in music, like a few years ago, talking about, uh, he wanted to work with me, all this kind of stuff. Right. And I was super happy, right? I was like, I grew up, I grew up listening to this guy. He's from California. I'm from California. My uncle even listens to his, to his, to his music. All my friends know his songs. I was, I was so excited, right? But then it turned out to just be like, he was trying to help me in a way of like, give me $1,000 and I'll put you on a song that will mm-hmm. only ever see a mixtape. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. as cool as that is and as big of an artist as it is, it wasn't stuff that was going to like actually help me. And it felt like I don't have a thousand at the time. I don't have a thousand yeah. to give you and if i did i don't know if i'm gonna get the same kind of growth back because i'm it's you're putting this on something that me as a guy who grew up listening to your music never even heard of so mm-hmm. it, it's been ever since then like my whole idea of like whenever people who are like significantly huger than me reach out to me or i reach out to them if like mm-hmm. i'm one of those people like i get worried or if i send a message and they respond with something different i I get a little weird. I had a beat by a dude named JPEG Mafia, right? I got yeah. a, I have a beat. It's on Spotify. The song called Won't. It's produced by a guy named JPEG Mafia. He's a relatively, no, uh, he's an okay size artist. And he gave me the beat. I took six months to even, like, even talk about releasing it, which is apparently too long for him. I re- released it like a year later. And everything that he said he'd do for me, when he first gave me the beat, like, help me promote it. Uh, all this kind of stuff. He basically was like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do any of it now. It's on you. You can give me credit, though. So I gave him credit, obviously. But because I was just happy to have his beat. I'm a big fan. But looking yeah. back, it's like, damn, like, 
when these when these all my experience with these bigger people have been like okay you didn't do exactly what we wanted now we don't fuck with you and it's mm. it, it kind of that's that's been my experience so like i think I it's important to stand by your your work you know too like if if i reach out to somebody and they say oh yeah i'll, I'll do this uh you know i want you know this is these are the terms i want though and it doesn't line up with what i want with like with what i hope to have from like our brand like if someone says yeah i'll you know, I'll come on the show, but I want you to promote this for me. Um, but I'm not going to promote anything for you. I might say no, you know, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm happy to have people on, obviously I'm happy to promote people's work and stuff like that, but there, there've been uh, here two or three, I can't remember if there was a third one, but there've been at least two guests that have said, you know, I want to come on your show, but I, I, this is what I want to talk about. Uh, I'm not going to talk about anything else. And I want you to, you know, have like a mid-roll ad for what it is I want to talk about. And I said, no, like I, I, I'm really interested in your work. I'm really interested in like, you know, everything you're doing here. I'm not bringing you on the show to just serve as a giant ad. That's not like the point of my show. 100%. You know, it's, you know, it, I'm here to talk to people and just have a conversation, you know, and have a good time chatting with people while also promoting the work. This isn't an, an hour and a half long infomercial that I'm interested in doing. Yeah, I, I definitely get that. Uh, I've I, we've had I guess similar, but nowhere near as bad. So I can relate to yeah. that. I uh, I do think, however, like okay, so you talking about stand by my work? It's like mm-hmm. at least like I feel like me releasing the song <clears throat> a year later after I was given the beat when it felt right to release. Because like yeah. in music, you can't just release a song when it gets done. Like if it's winter time and your song is a summer song, you release that in the mm-hmm. summertime if you want plays, etc. Yeah. Right. Uh, so like I get the beat and it's in spring, and I'm like, I I can't really. This is like a this is like a like a very hard to wait, and the the beat switch right here. Like nobody's gonna listen to this right now. So I release it. Like the the next year, yeah, I took like I took a minute on it. I released it the next year in like a summertime. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is a perfect time that the world has finally changed to where like this song might actually get plays. So I released it without dudes, without just the cosign of the dude's name. Uh, yeah. And it's like, okay, that's me sticking by my guns. But I didn't get none of the none of the support I was supposed to from it uh, from that side. So like in my head, I'm like. Yeah damn, I stuck by my guns and I lost out. You know what I mean? So what mm-hmm. would you do in that position? Just keep sticking by him or like conform a little bit? I, you know, I, in, in situations like, like that, where it's like, you're expecting more support from the other individual or whatever. I, in my mind, I just let them know. And maybe that's not, you know, your type of approach for something. And I'm not saying like my ways, obviously I'm not saying my ways, like this is the way to do it. Yeah. But like the way I, I would handle it is be like, listen, this is what's expected. You know, like I expected you to, you know, support me more in this regard. I'm trying to do this over here, you know, support you in this way. Maybe, you know, I, you know, I expect like an equal give and take in any sort of, you know, interaction with somebody in business interaction or anything like that. You know, I, I make my stance very clear to people. I always try to do that. I think it's fair. Like, even if it's not like a negative light, you know what I mean? Mm. Where it's like, Hey, you know, I, I didn't hold up my weight as a bargain, you know? I need to make this right with you, whatever. I, I try and make things as clear and fair as I can with people every time. Um, cause I think that's how you build longer relationships with people. And if they're not treating you in the way that they should be, if they're not giving you what you're owed, then I just say it's not working out. 
uh, I'm not interested in in following up with this anymore. I no, just I cut it off there. I, I I just to put it in a more uh, you know interesting way. It's like I I'm just not interested in in fucking around with people. You know, it's like I I'm, I'm just not I'm not dealing with it. I have I have things I want to do. I'm not wasting my time. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I, I've definitely been like that with a lot of local artists or like a lot of of people who are like around my size, but with these mm-hmm. bigger artists, man, it's like you get that opportunity and it's like, damn, and it, if it doesn't go through, like you get in your head, like I had, that's my, that's my shot. You know what I mean? And hip hop yeah. is like very based on like, you get a shot, you take the shot and hope it mm-hmm. works. So like I get the shot and I'm like, damn, do I take it? And I just take a minute on my free throws. You know, I take too long for the 10 seconds of my free throw timer. So I finally like, I think to myself like, okay, well, then I'll start, I'm an overthinker. Like, I, I'm working on an album right now that I hope we'll have out this year called, uh, mm-hmm. called uh, Kids Next Door, which has nothing to do with the with the anime. It has no cartoon. It has nothing to do with me having kids next door. But uh, I, I've been working on this album since 2021, like January. You know what I mean? So it's been two mm-hmm. years I've been working on this single fucking album. And I hyped it up. I was, like, hyping it up to all my fans. They all were waiting for it. It's the second album I've hyped up and not released. Uh, so like you get these shots, but if they don't feel right, you got to double back and it, but it was the nature of hip hop. You have to promote the shots. Otherwise it will not be as good. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, For sure. and if you, and if you don't end up doing it because the times just don't line up or all the promoting led to you about to release an album and then there's issues like sample and clear issue or like an issue with distro kid, which is what I used to put it on issue with distro kids saying that this part of the song isn't isn't lining up so then i have to double back and be like well we're gonna wait a little bit guys and now everything is turned against me you know what i mean or like i get the jpeg mm-hmm. mafia feature and i'm like not the feature but the the beat and i'm like oh i got this beat let's do it like and i'm hyping it up i finally release it and he's not promoting it and all my friends are like why is the guy who's significantly bigger than you and gave you this beat who apparently likes you not promoting it and then i look worse mm-hmm. it, you know what i mean but but then again that is such a bigger artist than me to the point of like i can't even be like i'm gonna cut you off because this guy was entirely giving me free shit it, yeah. it's a free beat you know what i mean so yeah, i'm not saying to like be rude about it, but it's like at one point be like hey this is what i was expecting you know i don't know why this this didn't come through but oh he got a long you know, paragraph this... from me in that instagram dm <laughs> fair enough and uh, I don't know if he's ever seen it, and I refuse to go look because my feelings are hurt. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I hold on to grudges really easy, man. I, I got in a rap beef with, with dude in 2018, and I still don't like him. And we squashed <laughs> it and everything. We've had cordial messages, and I still don't like him. <laughs> I, I hold grudges. I, it's just what I do. I, yeah, I, have, I, have a, I always feel like if you don't like someone for an instance, and they never give you a reason to actually like them and just put them in the gray area, it probably means that I should fuck with them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah. it is what it is. Awesome. We're actually running a bit long, man. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to touch on before we wrap up here. Uh, no, um, I, definitely. I, definitely want to make sure we tell people about where they can go to check out all your work, though. For sure, man. Uh, on the Twitch, it's a uh, kickback, K-I-C-K-B-A-Q. Uh, we do the podcast every Thursday night at 1115 uh, Central Time. That's nice. I do believe 12:15 Eastern, and then it's the middle of the night, uh, and then all my music is available on any platform you play music on. 
even Pandora, uh, just under Nikki Hendrix, N-I-C-C-I space H-E-N-D-R-I-I-X. But yeah, check me out, man. Uh, It's been great. It's been great being on here and a wonderful conversation. Yeah, man, I really appreciate you coming on. I had a great time. Love chatting about it. It's always interesting leading into things. I know like the general beginning of where the conversation is going to start, you know, talking about like music or Twitch or anything like that. And then like wherever it ends up is always fascinating to me to see like, oh, this is what we ended up talking about. Like I didn't expect to be talking about like the inner workings of, you know, networking and branding and stuff like that, but it happens. It's it's always fun. It's it's all been stuff that I don't know, at least from this conversation, I could take away knowing that I've grown my knowledge of some stuff. And that's, that's really, that's really awesome to me. I like, I like learning new things. So it's been awesome. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I I really, really appreciate you coming on, man. This is a fun chat. Really had a good time having you on the show. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening. I really appreciate you guys always stopping by. Go check out deadjesterproductions.live. Got links to all of our stuff on there, including today's sponsors. N95, not N95 apparel, G95 apparel, <laughs> and Surfshark, N95 masks. They've got uh, they've got great masks over on G95 apparel. But G95, Surfshark, go check them out. Links are in the description. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, man. Appreciate yes, it. Thank Hope you. everyone has a great day. We'll see you all next time. Bye. See.